0: the vagabond way podcast the journey goes ever on with the long road this episode long live the king Joined Steve Bonham, Kev Moore and Chris the Bishleiden, that's me, uh, as we discuss the Transatlantic Connection idea and movement, a desire to lift up the stories of ordinary folk inspired by the places and people from both sides of the Atlantic. Kev takes us on another leg of his worldwide journey of cafe spots, this time in Memphis, Tennessee, in honour of Elvis Presley, uh, and I talk a bit about my failed baguettes, which is not a euphemism. The Vagabond Way podcast featuring The Long Road is exploring the world of the troubadour, the adventurer, the vagabond. The world isn't beige, it isn't processed, it's authentic, it's rich, and it's real. And if those are the sorts of sentiments that make your brain light up, then hop on board. We are embracing all of those things, celebrating all of that, and we'd love it if you joined us on the gym. Greetings, I am Chris the Light, and it's great to have you with us for another week. Uh, There's loads of actual proper content to get on with this week, so I'm going to try and keep my intro nice and short. Uh, Today you'll hear from Kev Moore taking us to Memphis in honour of Elvis Presley, uh, and uh, a rendition of an Elvis song recorded especially for this podcast. Um, I'll get you a bit more up to date with my uh, Bishop's Daily Bread baking antics, Uh, but before all that, join me, Kev, and Steve Bonham for a chat discussing our plans for our newly renamed movement and YouTube show, The Transatlantic Connection. Um, we re- renamed it from Anglo-Americana to help avoid the sensation of it being a, a genre. Um, you know, that Americana bit just sort of edges it that way. Um, the name Transatlantic Connection, I think, makes it a little bit clearer to everyone what the what the thing's about. Um, so... That chat is up first. Um, Don't forget that we have our curated playlists up on Spotify if you wanna get an insight into our likes and influences. Um, We're in the process of updating the names from Anglo-Americana to Transatlantic Connection. So if you search for either of those terms right now in Spotify, you should find those playlists. Anyway, I'm gonna hand over to myself. (music) Here we are again the long road getting together for another one of our uh, chats from uh, across the across the airwaves so uh, kev is at home in spain buenos well, dias steve is at home in, in derbyshire i
1: hope they don't i knew that was coming <laughs> i knew that was coming <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I'm at home in Manchester. It's funny. I saw a, I saw an interesting tweet yesterday that said, "If you drive for four hours in America, you know nothing's changed. Drive for two hours in the UK, and you've been through two regional accents, and the name for bread rolls has changed." <laughs> Absolutely. And, and and I and I think the 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 introduc- the greetings, AOP <laughs> miduk, and is, is AOP a very is that a very Derby thing? Yes,
1: I think um, so. But I think the people in would claim otherwise. But it's about as clearly Derbyshire as anything. So,
0: and I think maybe that leads us nicely into so what we're going to talk about today the 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 feet in two sides of the Atlantic the um you know this movement that we're building we're trying to get trying to get momentum behind this transatlantic connection idea the joining together of you know America and you know Britain or this part of the world this part of Europe Steve maybe if you you could tell us from your point of view what's the what's the idea I think you know it's I just kept meeting
1: people like like myself and like you guys who just found out the, the labels that you're supposed to be uh, and the rules you were supposed to be following just didn't apply to the sort of songs uh, that, the, that I was making. And uh, you know, I'm not a folk writer. I'm not a country writer per se. I'm not a rock writer. I'm not. I'm not a thing like that. I think when I when I first heard Americana itself, I started to think, oh, hang on, I'm, I like what they're doing because at one sense they're kind of they're bringing the music back to the raw experience of your life about the raw experience of other people and they're, and they're making the music that kind of just comes out of that. It's not, a, it's not kind of elevated to a rule book. And for me and personally, I was, you know, someone like Steve Earle made me think about not just the topics I wrote about, but the mm. textures and the stuff and, and I love that.
2: And there's an edginess to it, isn't there?
1: Yeah, there's just there's something, you know, we keep calling it Moonshine, you know, you're just taking a few ingredients, but and you're making something for yourself. And I think Anglo-Americana is about making the music for yourself from these raw ingredients, rather than being told what to write. You know, this is a country song, It should have four calls, and one of them's got to be a minor. Um, yeah. <laughs> and about something that may not have ever happened to you. You know, it's, it's writing songs about your own experience or the experience of the communities in which you were born. And and I've uh, you know guys I've been playing with the idea for four or five years and what's been really exciting recently is I keep meeting people who that makes sense to you know that they don't mm. you know they've they've kind of been told they're a blues or they've been told they're folk or they've been told they're country and just don't feel wholly at home anywhere. But the things that inspired the blues and the folk and the country
2: that's the truth it's the thing you go back that's the raw material you go back to mm. yeah. don't you find that between the states and the u k anyway there's there's an incredibly long history of a musical conversation yeah. you know we we've informed their roots music and and vice versa and it's really, it's only natural that out of that the musical conversation continues and it's a natural outcome that we can tap into. I think that the genuine experience that that style of music infuses into the songs, that's, that's the hook, you know, it's, it's real. Yeah, yeah.
0: That little phrase that Steve started using a few, a few months ago, which really sort of brought it home for me, the extraordinary stories of ordinary people, and i think that's you know that's the the thing that we're sort of we're trying to tap in tap into there No,
1: i think it is it is that and it's absolutely not about taking a template and trying to fit into the template it's about telling the story the story comes first and then using the tools you have the musical references the the instruments the, the your own kind of life experience to, to interpret that story and make it real for other people and you know it as Kev says it this is ongoing it's been going on from the beginning you know it's not it's the Irish the Scots English ballads all that went over to America that, that then got absorbed into all the other people coming into mm. the country and that came back you know and I was I was born in the time of skiffle, uh, yeah. you know, which is a, a peculiarly yeah. British interpretation of America. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, but yeah. it was real, you know, uh, people building their own tea chest bass guitars, and, and and it's gone back and forth. And the Beatles heard this, and they went back, and you know, back and forth. Mm. I think this resonates with people; it really yeah. does.
0: Me, I'm always the sort of. The, The slightly academic one of the three of us musically, and I think I think back to the the history of European music and how there were there are sort of chunks of classical music where you can identify um, sort of the country from but from from the sound that it's making. Yeah, um, But those it's weird that those the the time periods that those uh, that applies for might be you could spot a country from a. Uh, in a span of a hundred years, it's that longer time frame. Yeah. Whereas now we're talking about all these changes we've talked about are in the last hundred years. In, mm. in, in itself, all these dozens, scores, hundreds of different musical genres that have come out of America, particularly the, the southern parts of America, that are, are all informing each That's other. That's interesting,
2: and, that Chris. It's picking up the pace, isn't it? It's picking up the pace. Yeah. and of course it's communication. Three hundred years ago, it's communication. Three hundred
0: years ago, the the idea of you know, you could spot a German composer, and you could spot an Italian composer, mm-hmm. uh, and there's only you know only a few hundred miles between them. But it t- but it takes ages for the the sort of leeching effect of of different styles to go across. Now, in the 20th century, in 21st century, it's yeah. it's minutes. If I can use an example, uh, one of
2: my favourite guitarists, uh, a Swedish guy called Jan Schaffer. He's been recording since around about 1972, I think. Uh, He did a lot of sessions with ABBA as as a session guitarist, but his own music is primarily sort of jazz rock-ish. But he infused Swedish folk music into a lot of his melodies. Uh, Now, you know, I wouldn't have been familiar with any of that stuff
0: in in, in Mm, earlier times, but he brought that to a wider audience. One of the most famous pieces of classical music in the world by Vorjak, the yeah, from New, the New World. World Symphony yeah. is a fusion of um, you know Hungarian folk music and we think now um, you know Native American folk music really, uh, wow. and th- that was only part, that that the tune that we all th- we all um, think of as the Hovis music in Britain, yeah. <laughs> do, 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 yeah. do, do, do. that is a is is a fusion of European and uh, Native American um, music isn't together. It? I think one of the key things that 20th century music brought was the idea of genres uh, and I guess during the sort of the, the heydays of the label maybe that was useful when there was a record store that had the racks of LPs and CDs and things, and I think the key thing that that grew out of that was communities of people who were into that music, mm. and they needed a way of a self-identifying. I'm into metal, or I'm into rock, or jazz, or yes, whatever. Yeah. Um, and I think that's what we're trying to find here, isn't? We're not looking for the place where it can be, it can the 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 CDs can be in the rack in a shop. Mm. We're building a community of people that are into this stuff. Yeah. I mean, care okay, Kev, you have got. Bags of experience from from the, the years of different sorts of communities, yeah, and yeah. you know you know how strong the community. Yeah, the bonds are very strong. Be.
1: Absolutely, I yeah. think what's important to hang on to is that what we're trying to do here is not an intellectual position. You know, yeah. it's uh, it's an emotional, soul based one. It's it's heart based one. You know, we're not saying, or oh, wouldn't it be great? Which I think rock went through that for a while, where it got too done clever for its own good. Yeah. You know, and it and it and it started to say, "Oh, we are we going to take some of this and take some of that and look how clever we are." This is actually just saying, "No, no." What we're trying to do here is is just respond to this thing inside that says, "This is a great way of explaining myself at the moment." Yeah, yeah. it's the hu- it's the human thing, again, yeah, isn't it? It's it's that just, human yeah, connection. You know, to me, that that's a beautiful, wonderful thing about human beings. We are bound to make music. <laughs> Yeah, Uh, Yeah. and uh, we're bound to write songs and sing them and they are bound to be about what we feel.
2: We're going to be uh, highlighting a lot of this. We're not content with radio now, are we, chaps? No. We're going visual. (laughs) We've
0: got got, got plans for world domination. So, uh, as we alluded to or maybe even announced, I think, in the last episode of uh, the the last series of the podcast, uh, we are going to be starting a a new YouTube show called The Transatlantic Connection Show. Um, and that's going to be starting in September, um, so a couple of weeks from now. And the um, the idea is we're going to try and you know showcase people that are going back to the the source. They're not worried about what the the, the genre label is, but they're going back to the the things that inspired the human stories and all of this stuff. We've got some a couple of people lined up that Steve's going to do some chats with. Maybe Steve can tell yeah, us. About yeah, yeah.
1: There's uh, well, uh, Rob Hale, who's. Uh, uh, actually, award-winning album of the year on American folk last year. He's a songwriter in North Carolina who who comes over here quite regularly uh, and writes these writes songs about where he comes from, uh, about the you know the tally house up the road. He's
2: almost like a musical historian, isn't
1: he? Oh he's a fascinating guy. So there's an interview with him, and and then there's going to be an interview with Mal McWatt, um, who is just um, he did an EP uh, called Scale uh, uh, three weeks ago, which are three songs about Scots going to America and the experiences they have. And uh, he's really tapped into this idea. He, he, he's got it by himself. You know, uh, it, it was a meeting of minds when I spoke to him. And those three songs, to me, capture as much as anything we're doing, What this is about? Yeah, quite a few more lined up, so that's going to be interesting. As long as you can make the technology work, Bish, we'll provide the raw material, kev Yeah,
2: I'll be I'll be delving into the hills down here in Spain, where quite a few luminary
0: English musicians uh, reside. You know, YouTube channel is a a, uh, a new thing for us, but hopefully we'll we're going to be able to get it going, start building. Um, the community of people who are interested in this thing because and that's that's the thing the you can you can be shouting into the void as it sometimes feels like we are uh, and not get anywhere but actually you, we're finding people are people are people are into this stuff yeah. and they they want artisan quality that we're trying to bring and loads of people that we're connecting with that are messaging us that connect with us on facebook and twitter all those places that quality and that humanity to it i think is the the key thing So the transatlantic connection show starts on tuesday the 1st of september 2020 on our youtube channel youtube.com slash the vagabond way uh, do join us for our new venture um, episode will be about 15 minutes long um, and they'll be out every two weeks to begin with um, and that will take us up till christmas so do join us Bonham, the Vagabond Philosopher, brings us a new song in the mix, so I'm going to hand over straight to him. The song I'm going to
1: share today for this songs in the mix spot is Blues on a Summer's Day. Uh, It's quite a new one. And I I have to be honest, I'm not at all sure that this will work with the band, or the band will be interested in it, but but I love it, <laughs> I really do. Um, there's lots of things going on in this song, even though it's actually really, really simple. Um, the idea came, because I've been using these partial capos, you know, like normal capos, that they raise a particular set of chords you're playing by half a tone or a tone or whatever you want. And it's an easy way to um accompany uh different songs and playing different keys but a partial capo does something else it only holds some of the strings down so it creates all these strange chords that would be absolutely impossible to play certainly for me um on 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 a a normal guitar and i and, and i found them a source of lots of material um, on these recordings we, we've been doing. And I was had this little riff and I've been messing around with it for ages. And for some reason, the kind of thinking or s- the song or words or ideas or spirit that came into my head was this song was going to be in some way about water. So the subject is partly out of that spirit Partly because too there 's a whole set of songwriters and songs from the sort of late sixties or sixties and seventies of you know from the first sort of wave of singer songwriters uh in the u k who i've i 've always loved um, so there 's jackson c uh, frank's blues run the game, which is just a wonderful song and a, a and a moment of triumphant loveliness in a life that was incredibly sad. And I guess another one was, was Nick Drake's a River Man, which is my go-to song quite often when I just want to transport myself to another place, man. And uh, once I was travelling down, I took, I fought an old barge. 56 tonnes of very old metal called Emmeline. And I spent three days on my own, uh, completing a journey from Litchfield to Banbury, where Emmeline now lives. And it was hard work, you know, chugging along. The the days were really hot and warm and beautiful. um, But, you know, there were nine, ten-hour days of motoring on your own and then tying up to get a boat through a lock and opening the gates and then closing them etc etc and it may have been the heat and the tiredness but just one day I saw as it came towards evening a girl just standing looking into the water. It was such an enigmatic silhouette really you couldn't tell how old she was and what she was wearing didn't seemed to make any sort of statement about fashion or f- fashionableness or or whatever. But it was just this intensity of, uh, of her staring that sort of caught me. Anyway, the, 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 whenever I'm looking at something, the, Emily starts to chug um, uh, determinedly towards the bank. So I sort of had a few seconds of struggling to get the boat back on course. And once I'd kind of re-established... My direction. I looked again, and, and the girl had simply vanished. And it was just such a strange, and momentary image and memory. It stayed with me, and it, and it made its way into this song. And I think water does this, doesn't it? Water, water is a place of sort of ghosts and spirits, and waterlogged dreams and reflections. And there's there's a kind of hallucinogenic quality to light on the water what you see on the surface hides something very mysterious and ancient underneath so out of all that rambling and thinking comes this song and and I, and I really enjoy playing it and uh, whether it makes to be a long road song I don't know I think not but perhaps perhaps anyone listening might
0: out and tell us. So here is Steve Bonham singing her brand new song, Blues on a Summer's Day. Jenny,
1: she is waiting, setting of the sun. She's been contemplating how the day was run. Bird flies high and cries some. Cloud by and hides some. Jenny, she is waiting. silver floating down the river she sees a strange reflection in the old new pond don't fly to Georgia Light and shine and all. Feels a little darker, as if the clock has slowed. The horny touch that binds her, God note that finds.
2: And welcome to another Kev's Cafe Corner. This week we head back to the USA and Memphis. The cafe, well, that's the one within Sun Studios, a place so steeped in legend and musical history you can feel it in the walls. You can sit at a bar stool there and order a drink while your mind is assailed by the memorabilia that literally fills every spare space. Gazing to the end of the room, there's an archway that leads to the record store, and from there you begin a journey of wonder through some of the great moments of recorded history. I felt it fitting to choose this location as we mark the anniversary of Elvis Presley's passing just a few days ago. As with such things, I remember exactly where I was when he died. I was on holiday in Barnstaple with a mate, keyboard player Tony Billinge. It was a big deal, the first celebrity death I was old enough to be affected by. Although I've never been a huge Elvis fan, as a musician it would be remiss of me not to recognise his importance in the birth of rock and roll as a modern art form. And that was brought home to me on my visit to Sun Studios. I learned that it was Sam's secretary, in fact, Marion Keys, who was really responsible for giving Elvis to the world. She liked the shy young lad that came in with a dollar to record a song for his mamma. Later, in 1954, when he returned to ask if he could be heard, Sam was hugely reticent, sick to death of the syrupy ballads, the sort of which the young Elvis wanted to record that day. Marion pleaded with Sam to give him a chance. Sam Phillips reluctantly agreed and sat with his head in his hands as Elvis ran a slow tune. When they'd done, however, Elvis, Scotty Moore and Bill Black on the upright slap bass started messing about with a country song written by one Arthur Crudup and for fun started rocking it up. Sam looked up as if hit by a sledgehammer and pressed record. Rock and Roll for the Masses was born. As I was told this tale, which I retell to you, dear listener, I was stood in the exact spot where Elvis stood. I was holding his microphone. Rock and Roll Ground Zero. The song, of course, was That's Alright Mama. And this afternoon, I put a quick version together of it in homage to the king. It's rough and ready, but then wasn't rock and roll always thus? Well, I won't be back till next week, but that's all right, Mama.
0: I did a little Google for um, Radio Luxembourg, Elvis Presley, uh, and found a recording of the the broadcast the night that Elvis died. Um, Radio Luxembourg were the first to announce the news in Europe, apparently, uh, and Tony Prince, the, the presenter, um, ended up devoting his whole show, sort of five hours, to, to Elvis. Um, it was quite remarkable, really, a little sort of slice of history. The, the recording I found was only the first hour of the show, but it's amazing, we've still, still got a record of it. Um, I mean, these days, such an event would be quite different I suppose, um, I guess we got that a little bit with Michael Jackson, yeah, what was that, ten years ago now I guess, but things like Twitter and Facebook weren't quite the, the beasts that they are today, um, I suppose we had David Bowie a few years ago, that was what 2016 I guess, but even then I don't think Twitter and Facebook had the same sort of pool that they have now I don't know anyway it was interesting to look back at that real life event um, and that actually inspires one of the the songs that we've got coming up from the long road later in the year uh, which is called Midnight Radio Um, so look out for that when it comes Uh, if you want to check out the Radio Luxembourg recording just google Radio Luxembourg Elvis Presley and you will find it something new in the kitchen, um, as has often been the case with my Bishop's Daily Bread ventures. Uh, I wanted to try making a nice uh, French-style baguette. Um, I mean, I'm acutely aware that there are many interpretations of what this means. You know, the baguette that you'd get at a Nasdaq or a Sainsbury's here in the UK is quite different to the baguette you'd get at a, you know, a baker's or even a supermarket in France. Um, and I'm not even sure exactly which style I prefer or or which one I wanted to make that particular day a quick google of recipes uh, it's hard to know whether you'll get the sort of quite bready regular crumb of a UK supermarket you know the ones that are almost perfectly cylindrical um, or the more irregular classic French baguette uh, much less uniform in shape I think Um, and I'm I'm not clued up enough on the science behind bread making yet to know from the the ingredients or the method what what the differences are and how to spot them and the results you'll get anyway I, I found a baguette recipe um, plunged in, as with a lot of breads. Actually, the recipe is quite simple, just sort of spread out over time. Now, I suppose this is following one of those very human, sort of authentic sensations, I think. Trying to create something that fulfills both the here and now desires for sustenance, but also tickling that little nostalgia-slash-memory-centre bit of the brain to see if things match up with how, how you remember them Um I get a a similar sensation when I'm creating a jacket potato with beans and cheese, but that is another story for another time. Um, Anyway, so throw into the mix the the new endeavour, a new recipe, and it's exciting times for the brain. Um, You can imagine my disappointment, then, when following the dough's second prove, when it had been laid out in the the long, thin baguette form and rising before going to be baked, um, I had failed disastrously. Uh, I mean, in fact, I'd failed... Before that point, but that's when I realised I'd failed. The nostalgia, anticipation sort of flitted away, uh, and the here and now desires thought, oh, well, maybe at least they'll still be edible, eh? I mean, for the curious amongst you, um, I had gone what I thought was the modern route, yay for modernity, um, using a a metal tray with four little, I don't know, rows for the baguettes to sit in. I think traditionally it's a a cloth of some sort. It's got a special name. I can't remember what it is right now. But I figured modern must work. Um, clearly, I've got something to learn, though. Um, I, I dusted the, the the tray with the rose with flour before putting the dough on, but the dough stuck, mega stuck. Um, so, in the process of trying to move the dough from the baguette shaper to the baking tray to bake, all of the air was knocked out of them, and they were quite, quite hilariously misshapen. It didn't look good. You know, I baked them anyway. You may as well see. You never know. Uh, but yep. Rubbish. Utter rubbish. I mean, technically edible, the bread was baked, but they inspired zero joy. Um, so, baguette attempt number one. A resounding failure, unfortunately. But, you know, this can be learned from. Um, you know, more research is required. The The metal shaper, how do you use this properly? Um, or was my, f- was my dough just far too slack? Um, it was very, very loose after the first proof. I wonder whether I got the proportions wrong. Um, or maybe it's something else entirely. You know, the raw ingredients were basically correct. The process was close, probably, but it can be refined. uh, And the result can be improved upon next time. You know, fast forward a a month, six months, ten years, whatever it is, I am confident I'll be able to make some fine baguettes that will satisfy all those bits of my brain. The authenticity, the now, the nostalgia stuff. Um, You mustn't give in. (laughs) That's it. That's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening wherever in the world you are. Remember to subscribe to this podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify. The next episode will be out next Friday. Uh, Don't forget to join us on YouTube for the Transatlantic Connection Show and become part of the Transatlantic Connection Movement. Head to youtube.com slash thevagabondway. Don't forget, we are also on Facebook, The Vagabond Way, or Steve Bottom on the Long Road on Facebook. All of our music is on Spotify and Apple Music, so go and have a listen, give us a follow. If you like what you hear, share it with your pals uh, who might like it as well. We are on Patreon at patreon.com slash thevagabondway. Big thank you to our Patreons and a special shout-out to Orla Flynn, James Lydon, Yvette Lydon, and Trish Taylor. Thank you. So Patreon is a great platform that makes it super easy for anyone out there, you, to support content that you love on a monthly basis. It gives you direct access to the people creating the stuff you love, us, hopefully, and you get to play an integral part in shaping the direction of things that we make. So become a Vagabonder. That's our name for our supporters on Patreon. To help us create music, live performances, books and short stories, this weekly podcast, our YouTube show, and some new things we're cooking up. As a Vagabonder, you can get the recordings and books we make for free, receive exclusive Patreon-only merchandise in the post, get regular behind-the-scenes updates from us, unlock access to exclusive live stream performances and Q&As, and lots more. You can help us create something different, something that entertains, and something that inspires others. So, join us on the journey and release the Vagabond within. patreon.com slash thevagabondway Thank you once again, brave adventurers, vagabonds and explorers for joining us on The Vagabond Way. Remember, the world isn't beige, it's authentic, it's rich and it's real. Embrace every last bit of it. Until next time, the journey goes ever on with The Long Road. Bye for now.